Yo, this is Sam's Sports Podcast, Wednesday, February 8th, 2017. We are three days removed from one of the greatest football games ever played, Super Bowl 51, Houston, Texas. I was there. It was an amazing sight to behold. Shaka, how are you? What did you think of this game? I should be all rage and anger and jealousy, but you know, man, hats off to the Patriots. Just ugh, never in our lifetimes are we going to have a football team as as this franchise. Like, it's just unbelievable what they've done, and they just capped it off with another ridiculous win. I mean, can we, I'm just going to start, uh, before we get into how it was at the game, I think I need to ask you, Tom Brady, greatest of all time? I'd be a crazy person to say no. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, he's got all the numbers. He's done pretty much everything. All the things that we've talked about and touted in other Super Bowl quarterbacks and Hall of Fame quarterbacks, he's all of those guys rolled into one person. Yeah. He's yeah. done it all. He's done it all. So, yes, absolutely, he's the greatest of all time. Yeah. And, I mean, to do it in, like, two different eras. I mean, those first three Super Bowls he won were at the beginning of his career, and now he's at the end of his career. This is a completely different team. And, I mean, he's still hoisting the trophy. And, I mean, we thought that Super Bowl two years ago was something. Whoa. This this sort of rewrote – this wrote rewrote all the record books for it, man. I, I, I can't put into words what happened. If anything, I would say early Tom Brady in his career, his, his early Super Bowl championships were he was a great system quarterback but didn't turn the football over. Yeah, yeah. And I think at this point in his career, I mean, just offensively, he's – it's just evident of how he's mastered that offense and just a completely different animal from early Tom Brady. And this guy, 39, and looks like a guy in his prime. His prime can go on for another four or five years yeah. at best. And, to so, and, you know, hard work clearly pays off. You know that he's one of the hardest workers in the game, and it shows it now at this late age. You know, because you said it. Early on in his career, this was not the same quarterback, whereas now... I mean, he's one of the most potent offensive quarterbacks in the game. I mean, his ability to command a team and go up and down the field is, I mean, it's unmatched at this point. It's prolific, really. Um, and, you know, he says he wants to play another, he says he, can, he says he feels like he can play another five to ten years. And at this point, who's really to argue with him? Yeah. They just keep a good offensive line around that team. There's nothing stopping him. Dude, you, you could say that again. Okay, let me tell you about what it was like going to this Super Bowl. So, for everyone out there, I went to the game. Um, I was wearing my Philadelphia Eagles Brian Dawkins jersey that I got for uh, Christmas from my brother Dan. Holla, holla. Um, <laughs> there was a little bit of a feeling as though, you know, maybe I'll get some looks from some people. Maybe there might be some issues. I, I kind of didn't worry too much about that. Uh, my feelings were eased when I got there. I saw jerseys from all over the place because you get there, and right, on, you know, we parked in the parking lot. There's multiple parking lots. It's a whole scene. It's like Shakedown Street at a Grateful Dead concert. There's just people everywhere. They're tailgating. They're trying to sell you cheap T-shirts. They're trying to sell you cheap parking. I mean, it's a whole like carnival-esque scene just outside in the parking lots, and that's before you even go through the checkpoints. Uh, so then you go through the checkpoints where they're like, let me see your ticket. So it's like only the people with tickets can get through. You go through, and then there's even more of a setup. There's like, you know, but at that point, everything's official. You know, that's where they're selling all of the official NFL gear that says Super Bowl 51 on it, that's got the team logos on it. 
They've got like the official sports commentator setups. They're selling, you know, refreshments. They're also selling trinkets. They've got kind of like a little outdoor, you know, football, like mini kind of stadium setup. It's a whole scene. And then this is, then you actually go and they like, you know, boop, they boop your ticket and you go through the turnstile and you're, you're able to actually then go into the arena. That's bananas. Then I mean, you, that's, uh, I just can only imagine. I, and the, the money counting machines they have going in the back must be like breaking down. Dude, dude, so much money going. Every single thing you could have wanted to buy was completely over the top, ridiculously priced. Like you want a t-shirt, $25. You want a jacket, $45. <laughs> you want a hoodie, $100. It's just oh, wow. out of control. But of course... It's a fucking Super Bowl. You gotta go. You gotta go get all this shit. Yeah, it's some memorabilia. Now we're coming in, and there's Patriots jerseys everywhere. There's Falcons jerseys everywhere. I'm starting to suspect that it is definitely more of a Patriots presence. You know, I I was not mistaken. When I got into the arena, it was abundantly clear how much of a Patriots presence there was. It, you know, there was a lot of Falcons fans. Fascinating. But there was an awful lot of Patriots fans. Perfect example was when we got into the arena, they had like an in-arena guy who was the announcer, and he's like, all right, I want all the, you know, I want all the Falcons fans to cheer. And it got pretty loud. And then he goes, okay, I want all the Patriots fans to cheer. And it got really loud. Woo! Really? Oh, I had no idea. Man, I remember you, you texted me, you told me there were a lot of Patriots. I didn't realize this is a, a pro patriot crowd it was it was a strong strong patriots contingent to, to give it to fast forward just a little bit at the end of the game you know like uh, right before the end of regulation or one of those drives when the falcons were in their own territory in the fourth quarter and the patriots were starting to come back i mean when the falcons had the ball it was loud it felt like a visiting arena for the falcons i mean the patriots wow. fans were deafening um, another quick story I'll tell you about the Patriots fans. So I get there and I'm in pregame and they start warming up and I'm walking in, Steven Gostowski's kicking field goals. And, you know, I start to hear some noise and, I, and it's like, okay. And I look down, some of the Patriots players are coming out to do some warmups and you can hear the fans are shouting for them. And then Tom Brady and the quarterbacks come out from the locker room and they start running onto the field to do uh, their warmups and the crowd just starts yelling and, you know, it swells up and it gets loud. And as I'm watching this, Tom Brady is just kind of, he's just kind of jogging down the field from, you know, he's going from one end where he, where the locker rooms are, and he's jogging down to the other end of the field with Garoppolo and Brissett behind him. And he's jogging, and the other end of the field is where the Patriots logo is. And the crowd kind of gives, a, a, gives him a, a shout, and he jogs down to the other end to where the Patriots logo is, and he just all of a sudden kind of gives like this really energetic, crazy fist pump, like, raw And... At that moment, the crowd then just went, Whoa! Like, Tom Brady, I'm telling you. The guy's practically God to Patriot Nation, so you can only imagine the power. He is a God, man. Every time they put him on the Jumbotron, the crowd went crazy. Every time there was anything remotely panning to him, the crowd just erupted. And, I mean, it was a sight to be seen. But, like I was saying, there's jerseys from everybody there. All kinds of jerseys. I saw Eagles jerseys. I saw Giants. Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, New Orleans Saints. I mean, you name it, everybody was there. But it it still did not still did not prevent some Falcons fan from giving me shit when I was walking to my seat. Uh, you know, 
I, I wonder. The big question was, did anybody actually say anything to you? Yeah, I'm going to articulate this very unique instance where uh, there was one point we're going up to our seats, and it's like we, by the way, the seats we had were the nosebleed seats. They were literally the second to last row all the way up in the top. But you know what? Hey, you're in, you're in the dome. Didn't fucking matter, man. Did this the, the view was still great. It's a football stadium that's not that was built within the last 15 years, which means every seat had a good view. Um, but it took a while to get all the way up there. And there's one point we're taking like this escalator up, and like the guy is in a Falcons jersey and is with whoever his significant other, and he's kind of like, "Really, man? You're wearing a you're wearing an Eagles jersey? You couldn't have given your ticket to a Falcons fan who really wants to be here?" And I was just like, "Ah, you know, man, what are you gonna do? We're all here just trying to enjoy the game." And he was just sort of like, "Yeah, man, that's really not cool. You should really be should really give your tickets to a Falcons fan who wanted to be." And it was sort of like. Dude, dude, are we really getting into this right now? Do you really want to make like, like he was a scene? Trying to be funny, but he just was not a funny person. Yeah, no, no, like he wasn't trying to be funny. Like I was trying to be funny, and I realized very quickly he was deadly serious. And I was kind of like, okay, I wow. kind of want to just move away from this man. But it was this weird, strange moment where we were both kind of standing on the escalator, just kind of waiting for us to get to the next level. <laughs> I don't understand. How would you ask someone to give up, volunteer to give up the tickets to probably the greatest American sporting event there is Dude, to go to? never underestimate the, the craziness of a, a sports moron. fan. Just, to, just Pardon my language, guys. That's okay. It's okay. There was, there was, I'm, I'm very thankful that I turned the other, te- other cheek. I was like, I don't want to have drama here. I'm just trying to enjoy this You're game. You're a better man than me. This is too much of a beautiful moment because I was ready to kind of start snapping at the guy. But I was like, the game hasn't even started. Let's just relax. Let's get to our seats. Let's enjoy ourselves. To be clear, everybody, I was there with my brother-in-law. I was there with my mother-in-law. And I was there with my soon-to-be uh, cousin's uh, wife, fiance. Now she, Kelly, huge Patriots fan. So I was oh, at man. the game. With a very big Patriots fan, and that did play into this process. Clearly, I mean, well, the the outcome considered. Now, okay, let's start talking about this game. Can we talk about the Falcons first? Yeah, I, I honestly. You know, you. I want yeah. you to go. You tell me some of the things that you saw from this Falcons team. Talk to me. I'm going to say this to start off. This game is going to be discussed, debated, analyzed, broken down from now until the the sun burns out of the fucking sky because it's never happened before. No. Never happened before. There's never been an overtime Super Bowl. That was a first. And honest to God, Sam, I I looked at it the night of. Because I obviously watched the thing from beginning 10. I looked at the night of. I looked at the highlights after. I've read articles, and I mean, and even then, there's been percentages. I think the Daily News had a breakdown of the percentages of odds to win, and they did it throughout, like, the quarter, mm-hmm. the time period. They broke it down. Like, I, I know for a fact that when uh, uh, Amadola made that one catch, oh. that ridiculous, the Patriots had a 13.8% chance to win. They Dude. had a breakdown of every moment. Atlanta had you this know? game. They had it. They had it. Yeah, and that being said, it's still mind-boggling. I will, I will only say this for sure. I won't say that Atlanta choked. It's easy to say because what team comes back from being down 25 points to win a football game? Yeah. But I honestly, after I finally looked through the numbers and I've seen it, and I guess we'll get into it at some point, 
I have to say definitively, I don't think Atlanta choked. I think Atlanta just got outplayed. And I think, you know, shit happens, man. Shit happens in a football game. And I think if you're going to lose to anyone, you're going to lose to the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. That's pretty, you know, you know there's the, a reason why that. The thing that stuck out for me is because I thought about this game a lot, too. And, you know, something else we need to discuss is that how everybody started to write off the Patriots by halftime. I mean, the Falcons were in such control of the game. I mean, they played, they kind of played the Patriot, like they played like a Patriot style of football. We talked a lot about how Pittsburgh went into zone coverage and Tom Brady just picked them apart. Atlanta didn't do zone coverage. They were man-to-man the whole time. They got pass rush on him. Like they were doing exactly what the 2007 New York Giants were doing to the Patriots. And it was working. I mean, the Patriots were going three and out. Tom Brady is overthrowing Julian Edelman. There was a, there was a couple of passes where he overthrew Julian Edelman and and Edelman was open. There was a couple of passes where he got Edelman and Edelman dropped the fucking ball. I mean, there was a few moments where it was like any all of those little plays that could go the way of the Falcons or that needed to go the way of the Falcons did go the way of the Falcons and and then Falcons offense was efficient, goes right down the field. Like all of those little things that I think you knew coming into this game, you knew all of that offensive firepower that the Falcons had. I mean, they threw it at the Patriots, and it worked. I mean, the run game, the pass game, it was all working. They were gouging them, going right down the field. It was like the game plan was going exactly according to plan. They got up early. The Patriots then had these turnovers. I mean, you had the LeGarrette Blunt fumble, which was painful. You then had Tom Brady's pick six, and God bless Robert Alford. Hell of a play by Robert Alford. He read the whole thing, picked him off. I mean, I, I looked at my brother-in-law, Aaron, and I said, at one, I said at halftime, I said, you know, we're down here on this because we were behind um, – our view was from behind, like, the, uh, the Patriots end zone. And, we were, and I looked at him, I said, I haven't really seen much play down here at this part of the field because the only two times the Patriots have been down here was when Blunt fumbled the ball – and when Tom Brady threw a pick six. Right. And I pretty much was I sitting have- here going, I, 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 you know, this is, it's been all Atlanta all day. To see Atlanta full, and, and this is something which is coming up again and again and again and again, conditioning. They talked a lot about conditioning at the end of the game because at the end of the game, the Falcons defense was gassed. They were tired. Yeah. They were exhausted, and we see it again. The Patriots played over twice as many offensive plays as the Falcons. It's like the Falcons' offense was too efficient. I mean, the pick six was fantastic, but that meant that the Falcons' defense had to be on the field that much longer. Yeah. I, um, I, you know what? I, I feel like I was everyone else. I didn't say the game was over at halftime, mm-hmm. but at 21-3, I was like, man, it's not, it's not over, but it's a pretty big hill to climb out yes. of, and from what we've seen so far in the game at halftime, it, it, it looked like Atlanta had the Patriots number. They come up yes. with this game plan. They're playing a man-to-man. Tom Brady was getting sacked. He did not look comfortable at all. Yeah. At one point when he went down, I thought, man, he's injured. This could be, you know, this could be the dagger, and, you know, that this could be the end of it. Yeah. It, it looked really it looked really bleak, but even then, it was halftime. I was like, there's still plenty of time left. I... Still thought Atlanta had it in the bag, mm-hmm. but I I didn't say it's completely over. Like this thing's done. I mean, I, I, now yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, but 
you, you said it. You took the words right out of my mouth there. When you sit and you look at the numbers, Patriots ran 93 plays. God. Falcons ran 46. Oh, my God. And you, like I watched that game live, and you're looking at the flow of the game, and you don't realize the discrepancy in time of possession. So you just sit and you look at that number, 93 to 46. Yeah. Of course they lost. And this goes into the whole thing where I said, I don't think the Falcons choked. I just think they literally did not have the ball anywhere remotely as long as the Patriots did. And the one reason, the one reason I think that is, and I even mentioned it to you and I texted, the Patriots kept running the football. Yeah. They never stopped running the football. They nope. just dominated the town of possession. And I even said there were points where the Garrett Blunt was getting absolutely stuffed mm-hmm. on the run. But this goes into what you said about conditioning. You keep running the football. You keep pounding away at this defense, which is so young, so aggressive, so fast. Now, of course, eventually, the, over the course of the game, you're on the field for 93 plays. You're going to get tired. Yeah, and and that conditioning gonna... was the game changer. Because at the end of the game, when they were exhausted, Patriots offense wasn't. Well, here's the thing. I think I think what happened was, uh, honestly, the Falcons stopped playing man-to-man defense. Did the they? guys were so tired. They were so tired, they started to switch over to zone every now and then. And you know Tom Brady absolutely devours his own coverage. Yeah. So they had to fall back into zone coverage. And that's when you saw in that fourth quarter where, you know, the, the Patriots scored 19 points in the fourth quarter because now all of a sudden all those missed routes, those timing, you know, timing discrepancies that they were having throwing the football. And especially since the Patriots were going out of the shotgun now, they didn't want Tom Brady getting sacked as much as he was in the first half. Mm-hmm. Changed the whole thing up. It changed everything up. Now the Patriots look like that, you know, well-oiled machine they looked like all season where no one had a fucking answer for them. Mm-hmm. They were scoring, you know. Remember there were games this season where they were putting up 20-something points in the first quarter and mm-hmm. by halftime it was... So it's not like it was a surprise that the Patriots can put up this much points in a short amount of time. Now, one of the things that shocked me, uh, you know, was the, was the defensive presence in the beginning of the game. We, you know, it's hard to remember that the first quarter was scoreless. There was no points scored in the first quarter. There was a lot of defense, a lot more defense uh, from these teams than I think anybody was expecting. Both teams had five sacks on the day. I mean, yeah. you got, they got to, you know, Grady Jarrett uh, had a great game, got to Tom Brady a couple of times. Then you flip the script in the second half. I mean, let's let's not forget the first half. I mean, you know, between the turnovers, also Stephen Gostowski missed an extra point. I mean, and then and then there was an onside kick when the when the I I, I opened up my phone and saw a Twitter post from Michael Wilbon saying onside kick by the Patriots. Isn't that a way of saying the game is already over? I mean, and they do an onside kick. They didn't even get it. The things yeah. that then came apart at the seams of the Falcons, we've got to talk about some of these play calling with the Falcons. There was this real moment where, okay, the Falcons' game plan the last couple of weeks is they would get up big. They did this on Seattle, and they did this on Green Bay. They would get up big, and then they would essentially put their foot on their throat and just kind of you know continue to score and continue to be offensive all the way to the end of the game and just continue to outscore you until it was over, and then they would blow you out. I think that was their undoing because at the end of the game, they had the opportunity to seal the game. The Julio Jones catch, which is probably going to be forgotten, which was probably one of the greatest catches I've ever seen in my entire life, maybe better than Jared Cook's catch against the Cowboys. 
I, I, I mean, would say so. It was one of the greatest things that that was ready to go in there with the David Tyree catch and the Mario Manningham catch. He catches it for a first down on the 22-yard line. Why the hell are you not running the ball and kicking a field goal? They were up by eight points. I saw that, and I said, they kick a field goal, they go up by 11, this game is over. They continued. I think, you know, and you say it too, and I think just the frustration. That, That one drive, that same drive where Julio made that ridiculous catch, where they threw the football, I think they had on the four downs, they threw the football instead of just running it. They ran it, I think, on first down. They, they didn't get anything. They ran it on first and down, they, and then I think there was a offensive hold. No, there was a sack. There was a hold. There was a hold, I think. You're right. There was a hold on third down. Um, they, they actually completed the play, completed the pass, but it was called back on holding on the offense. Yes, and... And 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 there, so there was a holding penalty and there was a sack and both of those plays lost them a total of twenty two yards and kicked them out of field goal range and then they had to punt. And I think right now I'm piecing it together. I think the um I think the sack was on second down and on third down I think they was when they got the hold call. So I think it was like third and twenty three or yeah. something like that. And and you know and some- you're sitting here saying if they had just run the ball, bled the clock out, yeah. kicked a field goal, the game is over. I mean, that's that moment where you're overthinking it. Yeah, and remember the Patriots still had two touch, uh, two timeouts at that um, point in the game. Mm-hmm. If you run the football, you forced them. I think it was it was just over three minutes. It wasn't quite in the two minute warning. No, but um, it was, you, you would have forced them to use those timeouts, especially with them being yeah. down only by a touchdown. Yeah, and w- at least one timeout have gotten used up. Maybe you just say screw it and you run it again on third down. You the clock up, you force them to either wait for the two-minute warning or they have to call another timeout to kind of get that. You, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, win. this this was a moment where they needed to bleed the clock out. At that point, and, you know, Mike Lombardi said it on the Ringer NFL show, he was like, listen, at that point, the Patriots were not the opponent anymore. The clock was the opponent. And the mm-hmm. Falcons did not play the game that way. They just didn't. And you look at the, pl- you look at the possession before when they're trying to throw it on third and one, and that's when Dante Hightower gets the strip sack and they turn the ball over. And then all of a sudden the Patriots have the ball in Falcons territory and they score a quick touchdown, and it's an eight-point game. And that was huge. That really kind of swung the Well, I think the momentum at that point was kind of teetering, and then that was pretty much the end of it. That swung the momentum completely to the Patriots' side. I mean, you can tell. I want to say some of it probably... Um, not in the Falcons' defense per se, but just that I want to say I think they were probably a little bit anxious, a little nervous mm-hmm. that this Patriots team, they're going to go they're going to go full bore. They were trying to put it away, not just with a field goal, but put up you know go up by two touchdowns and say you got to beat this in two minutes. Yeah, and it just not work out that way. Just some boneheaded plays. I I'm so you know I'm so just upset to think that. The players are probably going home thinking we've worked our asses off this entire season. Yeah, and it came down to one offensive series where we had a couple bad play calls your yeah. entire season. Yeah, I mean that that was one of the shockers for me was just seeing how good Atlanta was at getting ahead and then finishing a game. And this was the this is the Super Bowl. It was the biggest game of the year, 
And of all the games, they could not finish this game. Every time they got on the field in the second half, with the exception of the touchdown to Tevin Coleman, because listen, they were still they were still full throttle when you came, when they came out of the second half. Except yeah. that, I mean, they couldn't move the ball. Even before Tevin Coleman scored, they went three and out. I mean, they just kept going three and out and three and out, and then it was a fumble. It was really just it's so many opportunities to just just finish the game, and they couldn't. And the Patriots did exactly what you, you know, okay, so I'm sitting there with Kelly, she's the Patriots fan, at about halftime she realizes that like, you know, we're not exactly rooting for the Pats, we're just kind of like rooting for a good game, she's given us, she's given us the evil eye a little bit, um, but I kept saying, I kept saying, I was like, listen, you know, this is the Patriots, this is Tom Brady, you know, the, the game ain't over, you know, when when they scored the, the, the one touchdown, and I think when they made it you know, 12, I think when they kicked the field goal and made it 28-12, I started looking at everybody that I was sitting with and just being like, listen, this is the Patriots. Don't get Tom Brady angry, okay? Because you're getting Tom Brady angry, he's going to go crazy and start scoring touchdowns on you. Julian Edelman's catch. I think that is going to be the catch that's remembered from this Super Bowl. That Julian Edelman catch where it was a whole pile of bodies and somehow he caught the ball. And just, I mean, honestly, if you look at that replay, they played it the one few times where they played a replay, and I was like, all right, enough, Ray. I, I needed to see it that many times. Not just to be convinced, but just more to be amazed at the fact that the Falcons defenders actually helped keep that thing off the ground. Oh, my God. Because I, 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 think, I think they were hoping for an interception. I think a couple of them were trying to keep it off the ground thinking they could pick it. Yeah, God bless. But you know what? I mean, that one right now is knock it down. That's what you learn. Knock it down, dude. Just, and just I, it's not worth it. Incomplete. Just get to stop the play, and then and then uh, the Falcons challenged the play, which was actually their last timeout, and kind of gave a timeout to the to the Patriots. If they didn't stop, if they didn't call, they didn't challenge it. I think it would have ticked down to the two minute warning. Yeah, I, I, I'm honestly, I'm in, I'm in disbelief. I, I don't. I can't find a statistic number. I I feel like I read somewhere that the Falcons only really ran the football, I think, five times in the second half. Oh, my God. I, I, skeptical, but at the same time, when you think about how few plays they had versus the Patriots, uh, I, I it, there's got to be some validity to it. And when I think about that opening series, where Devontae Freeman was absolutely like a wild stallion who had gotten out of the pen. Electric. In the first half, and... He, he, I don't see how you could not at least go back to the run. They obviously had no answer for him. And you're going to get stuffed once or twice, especially on first down. But use what you have, those weapons, those running backs, which open up so much of the offense. And they just kind of went away from it, I think. I think they panicked a little bit. You know, and well, I, here's something I want to mention. Because one of the things, yes, they did get away from the run game. You're absolutely right. This is one of the things that is sort of like – the double-edged sword about that. Let's go back, and, I, and I've got the play-by-play in front of me here. I got the box score right here on my computer. So the drive when Julio makes that amazing catch, right? Yeah. At that point, the game is 28-20. The Patriots have just scored this extremely energizing touchdown. They got the two-point conversion. They made it a one-score game. The first play, now they, they kick it off, and this is where the Patriots fans were loud. It was really loud. The Falcons are pretty much, they're in their own territory. I think they were like on the 10-yard or the, hang on, they were um, they were on their own 10-yard line. First play, 
They throw a pass to Devontae Freeman on the left side, and he rips off 39 yards. Next play, they actually run it to Freeman for two yards. Next play, they throw it to Julio Jones. He makes the miraculous catch. So we're saying how they didn't go, how they went away from the run, but yet they kept throwing these brilliant passes, and they sort of got seduced by this ability that their offense would just continue to click. I, I, you know what? I can't really focus that. They've had success with it all year. And that's kind of why I agree with you that I don't think they choked. Part of it is just the confidence. You guys have been able to execute. And it's one of the things we go into practice. You execute, you execute, you execute. You run the offense. It's worked all year. You know what's good. Um, and look, even in, through most of this game, the, the, even the Patriots had no answer for what you've been doing all year. Yeah. So it's kind of a Monday morning quarterback situation where you second guess, why was this though? Why was that though? Why didn't you guys do this? But then, of course, it's easy to criticize after the fact. But, you know, you've been doing the same shit all year, and all of a sudden, it doesn't work one time. Mm-hmm. And anything else has been called into question. I mean, now Kyle Shanahan doesn't have to worry about that because he's got a whole different problem to worry about now. Yeah. As a 49. But, you know, I, I I really can't fault his play calling. The man knowing what he's... Uh, he set records. He set NFL records yeah. with that offense. And, you know... So I, Dance with the yeah, girl you know. that brought you. He'd been playing. He'd been calling those plays all year. There was no reason to stop now. Exactly. You get criticized. For it. They lose us some other way. You get criticized. You go away from what you've done all year. And now, it didn't work out. Now I want to highlight some yeah. more Patriots stuff because we're. I mean, listen. I don't think we need to. We're going to talk some more about the Patriots. Um, uh, we're we're thirty minutes into this podcast. We haven't even mentioned James White's name. James White. Yeah. Probably the MV- like he should have been the MVP if it wasn't Tom Brady. The guy had three touchdowns. I mean, yeah. He had 14 catches for over 100 receiving yards. He was the reincarnation of Shane Vereen. And everybody was talking about Deion Lewis. Deion, Lu- Deion Lewis, you know, he was there. He, he was in the game. But it was the James White show, man. I mean, he he came back. He he would he would come back. Uh, you know, do a little curl route for Brady. I mean, there were lots of opportunities where he was breaking tackles. And I mean. Not to mention the fact that this guy had the game-winning touchdown. He had the game-tying yeah. two-point convert, or not, not the, he had one of those, tu- he had a touchdown, and then he had a two-point conversion, and then he had a touchdown to win the game. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal in this game. Danny Amendola, Danny Amendola had a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and let's also not forget, the Patriots went for it on fourth down. It was fourth and three, and they threw a 17-yard pass to, to Danny Amendola to keep the chains moving. I mean, this is where you start to say, as good as the Falcons were, this Patriots team, who on earth can come back from being down 25 points in the Super Bowl? Never in the Super Bowl had anybody come back from more than being 10 points down. Never had Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and this Patriots team ever come back from anything bigger than like a 23-point deficit. I mean... What the hell, man? I mean, it could only happen on a stage this big. I, I, I can't, I can't. And, and when, Shaka, when it went to overtime, okay, when they tied this game and it went to overtime and they flipped the coin and they won that coin toss and they were like, we're getting the ball. I'm telling you right now, I didn't tell, I didn't like look at anybody and say anything, but deep down in the cockles of my heart, I said, the Patriots are going down the field and they're scoring a touchdown and the Falcons are never touching this ball. 
I was like, there's no way. After what I just saw, I could I, I could not believe that they had just tied the fucking game. And I'm sitting here going, there's no there's no way in hell the Falcons are getting this ball back. No way in fucking hell. It's, it's, it's about a storybook. You know those damn Super Bowl, remember the, the championship run of the Patriots. Those booklets they sent tell you immediately after the game is over. It literally, I was like, man, I'm watching one of these, these, uh, these highlight videos being written right before me. And the minute, the minute they won that coin toss, um, so I was with uh, some of my my girlfriend's like good friends, and like you know, the husband, uh, the, one of the hosts, the husband, he's a monster, monster Patriots fan, oh. Boston, all things Celtics, Patriots, you name it. Ooh. The minute they won that coin toss, he said, "It's over." Yeah. <laughs> It was a sight to see. Uh, I mean, and then the confetti shot out almost immediately. The pe- the guys are running out on the field. I mean, it was just absolute chaos. I, I, and or you, ooh, here's another little tidbit from the Super Bowl. Sitting in front of me was a couple of like Australian guys who didn't know how the hell overtime worked, and they were turning around, being like, "So, so what happens now?" <laughs> I, honest to God, I kind of forgot. Well, I, you know what it was? I was thinking, just because it's overtime in the NFL, I haven't really sat and watched an overtime game this season. And for some reason, I was thinking about sudden death in college football format, where you've got that kind of march down the field, you score, the other team has to come down and march down the field and score for three seconds. And then I had to be reminded, like, no, it's the first team to score is the fucking winner. That's it. Actually, was that touchdown first? It's over. Do they? I do. I think they do the field goal thing though. Like if the Patriots had kicked a yeah, field, the field goal, goal, I think yeah. the Falcons the get the ball. Goal, you, you get to match it up. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, dude, I, I had, I, I had no doubt that they were that they were gonna score a touchdown. I was like, they are going down here and going in the end zone, and there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, the first when they got the when they got the the defensive penalty and they got put first and goal on the one yard line. And you know they, he threw the ball to Martellus Bennett, and he and he didn't catch it. I'm just like, oh, that that was just a quick breather before the championship is here. That's that's all. Can you imagine the guy? Because I remember when I played to Martellus Bennett, the defender got a handout, and you can just imagine he's like, man, if I had my feet planted, I could have gotten an interception. Oh. Also, that was one moment where I kind of was. I, I looked. I said, did the Patriots really just throw on yeah. on first and goal? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and it had the shades of um, Seahawks. It's like you, Super Bowl you'd think they would have learned something from that Super Bowl. Yeah, I was gonna say, man, what a twist! It, but um, obviously that did not happen. And the minute, yeah, the minute they were down in the one, I thought they were just gonna run it right away and run it in for a touchdown. I, was, I just said, oh man, this this fucking thing's over. It's over. It's done. I was kind of getting myself up. I was gonna go get some water. I was gonna go take a piss. You know, I was like, this thing's done. And they threw it. I was like, holy shit, they just fucking threw it. <laughs> what <laughs> I couldn't you, believe it. What were you thinking? I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, guys, th- th- I'm not a Patriots fan, but why would you don't play like that? Like, don't do not do what the hell, d- d- don't be messing around here. This is the Super Bowl. Oh. I, I was going to say, I was like, I've seen enough twists for one day. 
I'm, I'm still too young for a heart attack. Now, greatest game ever? Is that the greatest game ever? Uh, I. You know, I, I granted the only reason I would argue against it, and that's my complete personal bias, because of the team that has absolutely oppressed me in the last <laughs> decade of football sports. It's the only reason, and it's not a valid enough reason for me to say it's not. It, it has to be. To me, it is. It's probably the greatest game next to the Giants Patriots game. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, the um, the, the David Tyree Super Bowl. The the end of perfection Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, just just the um, the exclamation point just put on that game. It's a team that was never, ever supposed to lose and goes up against a scrappy Giants team that people kind of had, you know, come to consensus. They had no business being here in the first place, mm-hmm. you know. And they come in and they just they take it. So, I mean, that's really... I, I, I don't want to say neck and neck, but comparatively in the same, you know, atmosphere. Yeah, I... I mean, Obviously, I see Patriots fans are going to disagree with me on that, and they have every right to because it uh, never happened before. What's crazy is you just mentioned two games that were Super Bowls that involved the New England Patriots. If anything, that tells yeah. you uh, that tells you the most about who we're dealing with and and the type of greatness we're talking about. I, I yeah, I mean, only something like that could have come out of the Patriots. It's just hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine any other team sort of putting together, you know, having the metal and the mental toughness. To, to hang in there, I mean, there were, you know, in the in the post games, these Patriots players were coming out and just saying, Tom Brady's the greatest. They're coming out and saying, this is the guy who was coming to us during this game saying, it's not over. Saying, we still have yeah. a chance to come back and win this. I, I mean, I you know, like, listen, we talk about Joe Montana, we talk about Peyton Manning, we talk about Johnny Unitas, we talk about all of these quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady... I. I can't I can't put into words what happened. I can't I can't describe how quickly it went from a a halftime show where Lady Gaga was putting on one of the greatest performances I've ever seen where she jumps off of the roof of the arena and comes down, but yet I'm looking at my my brother-in-law, I'm looking at my family and we're trying to not admit to one another that this game is a blowout and that it's over, and that and that the Super Bowl we decided to come to what ended up being over by halftime. You know, I've got all these tweets right. where people are saying it's over. I've got my brother, you know, my brother-in-law Aaron showing me a, a Twitter post of Tom Brady with, you know, his head down after the pick six, and they went down 21 nothing. I mean, Man. to then see the shift, to see them score, to sit there and think, you know, they're down by 16 now. All they need is two touchdowns with two two-point conversions apiece. And deep down, I'm sort of like, okay. they can do that. They can do yeah. that. They and got this. The it's just like, it didn't feel like it was completely out of reach. Yeah. I, Even I, that field goal, man, I just laugh when you, you oh, the Patriots are finally on the board with that field goal. And little did we know how big, you know, just every little, every little punch, you know, ended up mattering. It, it meant something. I mean, dude... To score what what was what the hell was that? What was that? Thirty thirty one points. Thirty one yeah, points in, in the fourth quarter. Nineteen points in the fourth quarter. My God! Are you kidding me? Just just ridiculous. I, I I think I had the numbers before. I think the Falcons had the ball for four minutes in the fourth quarter. Oh that God, it. that's four minutes. It's terrible, terrible. Oh. Yeah. To, you know, but look, it's a lesson learned for just again. This tape is going to be broken down. 
yeah. for years. For and years. years. And, dude, they're going to be showing this tape to teams for don't ever give up. Don't ever, dude, the game is not yeah, over until the fat lady done. sings, man. It's never done. Never done. Anything else we need to say about this, Shaka? Um, you know, granted, I, I see all the reasons that Tom Brady won MVP. This could have easily been uh, a shared MVP because uh, the, the things that James White did in that backfield, really, I mean, and we talked about the defense, uh, the Falcons' defense, eventually getting gassed and breaking. Yeah. And this is absolutely part of it. You know, once he realized the run game wasn't working, he throw that little uh, pass out of the backfield. And, and like we said this before, leading up to the Super Bowl, you throw a little pass out of the backfield, it's just as good as a run. Yeah. You know, and so, and he's, he hit, how many, 14 catches? 14 receptions. Yeah, 14 catches. I mean, like I said, just as good as running the football. The end result is the same. You break that defense, you gas them. Cause they got to be on the field, just trying to, just trying to survive. And fourth quarter, the floodgates open, and I think I, I know for a fact the Falcons switched over to zone for a little bit, just because some of those uh, those catches are wide open. Yeah, that and I. That's the only thing that makes sense. It, the, the Patriots they move the ball pretty easily in the second half. And you have to play zone because you, you, your guys are so tired; it's, it's just starting to show. They're crumbling. You got to give them some of a breather, and you got to get you know. Just a different look out there, just to kind of give them a chance to spell themselves. And you know the Patriots are going to throw the football, but the zone, the zone is just so soft sometimes. It's yeah. just not meant. It's not meant for the Super Bowl. You got to play man-to-man coverage. It's, you know, we say defenses win championships, and in this one moment, it didn't necessarily win the championship, but it would have kind of secured what you already built all through this game. Yeah, you know. So I mean, it, was, uh, it was rough to see. I feel for the Falcons and their fans, but the Falcons they, defense they had every opportunity to feel that. I mean, the Falcons were not winning because of their defense all season, and uh, the sad part is that they needed that defense at the end of the game, and they were just they but were you know, they were tired. It's a young team. It's a young. It's a young defense. They got a lot of rookies and a lot of second year guys, and they're going to be with that team for a while. You know, yeah, with the exception of the one Dwight Freedy, oh. but. Oh, Dwight. Uh, you know. He looked great. He still yeah. looked good, man. He looked, he, st- yeah, he was he doing spin moves. Great. Dude, man, if he's still got another year in, his, in the tank, bring him back, man. Bring him back. I'd say so. They need a little bit of a veteran anchor to kind of keep this thing upright. So, but, hey, look, the Falcons, this team is going to be together next year. The core, I don't know what their offseason moves are going to be, but I, I, for all intents and purposes, with the exception of Shanahan, that core is going to be together. Yeah. There's a chance to make a run like this. Still going to be very dangerous. Tom Brady, yeah. 43 completions, 62 pass attempts, Super Bowl record 466 passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception on the day. Not to mention the fact he got sacked five times. He got hit hard. 39-year-old yeah. quarterback gets right back up and keeps playing. And like you said at the beginning of this podcast, he wants to play for another five years. Yeah, you can do it. Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. One of the I I mean greatest greatest Super Bowl I've I've seen. Greatest Super Bowl I've ever been to. <laughs> uh, yeah, honestly, that if you're gonna go to one man, you pick the right one to show up at. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm uh, I'm glad I uh I'm glad that, that was the one raffle ticket uh, that I did win this year was uh was picking the right Super Bowl to go to. Um all right, that's uh that's all we got for uh for breaking down the Super Bowl. I'm sure Shaka and I will come back soon and probably talk some more football, but I mean we had to talk about this game. This was 
it was no words can describe what what went down just a few nights ago in Houston, Texas at NRG Stadium. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, fifth Super Bowl title between the two of them, greatest of all time. My hat's off it's to just him. Amazing. Just hopefully, amazing. Hopefully, hopefully Tom Brady shocks the world and retires in the <laughs> offseason, but I seriously doubt it. Um, everyone, so that's we'll the Jets. That is Shaka, the Jets fan talking. <laughs> hey, right Mo Lewis comes out of retirement. You're never, ever going to top this. You're never going to top this. This is the highlight. And you stuffed it to Roger Goodell at the same time. That's true. This, that, is, the movie, this is the movie ending. That's that's true. I don't I don't really know if there's anything. You know, we thought two years ago he could top this, but I don't know. This 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 is, this is it. This is, is it. This is it. Shaka ends up, you know, calling Mo Lewis, gets Mo Lewis out of retirement week two. Mo Lewis ruptures Tom Brady's uh, puncture lung, and all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo comes in. Is that how this should work? And a new dynasty begins. <laughs> You're right. Maybe we shouldn't wish for those things. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's uh, let's sign off, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us this entire season for NFL football. Um, all, as always, subscribe to the, uh, the um, podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, like the Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow us on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Email Shaka and I with any football questions you have at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. Um, that's my whole spiel for this season. What a hell of a season. But at the end of the day, the Patriots are hoisting another Lombardi Trophy my hat's off to them. Hopefully it can be our Jets and our Eagles next year. That would be a wonderful Super Bowl. Wouldn't that be, Shaka? I'm already looking at the offseason moves. I'm, I'm already doing the cap space count and everything. Jets could be $40 million under the cap. You can make some moves. Dude, I'm already looking at the moves. Because, listen, Super Bowl's over. As soon as the Super Bowl ends, free agency be- or Well, it doesn't begin immediately, but moves begin. Teams are already making cuts. People are hiring, you know, yep. hiring coaches. The 2017 season has already begun, and that's the story when it comes to football. Um, that's all I got, man. That is all I got. Uh, an amazing, an amazing Super Bowl, and I'm uh, and I feel very blessed to have been uh, to have been there. Oh, one last thing I'll say: every single seat was full. Every single seat. Uh, you go to a game, maybe you see it, a few empty seats here and there. Every seat in that arena was packed. Amazing. Amazing. And I feel bad for the guy, the Patriots fan, who was three seats down from us, who opted to leave early. True story. True story. True story. Yeah, that guy and Mark Wahlberg left the game early. That's all I got to say. Mark Wahlberg left the game early? Mark Wahlberg left the game in the third quarter, and he was sitting in Bob Kraft's box. Wow. Did he have something else to go to? Uh, no, I think I think he's just too cool for school and thought it was a blowout. And you know what? He's never going to live that down. No. Nope. 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 Can't. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Just ask Tom Brady. You sit through the whole fucking thing, dude. You got to. You got to. I don't. I don't. You know. May, even if it's forty-three-eight when the Seahawks blew out the Denver Broncos a few years ago in New York. I'd still stay till the end of the game. I whatever. I if people are leaving, I'll just go get another hot dog and a beer and hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. What, 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 what else? Break. What else have you got to do? <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, that's all I got for uh, for it uh, uh, for the show. Everyone, thanks for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl as much as Shaka and I did, and uh, we'll be back soon, hopefully with some more football and uh, probably some basketball. But uh, that's all I got for now, and uh, we Audi Five Thousand. Take it easy, everybody. Bye bye. Bye guys.